Coming up today on the show, we're going to talk about the latest Disney news and rumors, and we're going to do our movie review from Disney+. Plus. That's coming up next on Traveling with a Mouse. Welcome everybody to episode 286 of Traveling with the Mouse for Friday, September the 25th. 2020. My name is Adam, and I am joined, as always, by John. We'll be boarding in just a few moments, but first let me equip you with some important safety information. All right, Patrick Warburton. Was that Kronk, or was this Soren? Hmm. Hmm. We'll decide later. But I'm also joined, of course, by Jason. Why, hello, everyone. How are you today? Very good. And apparently Kronk, too. Oh, good. I'm glad he's doing well. (laughs) But we'll get to that later because that is our movie review this week. I'm trying to figure out which movie has a longer runtime that Patrick Warburton is in. The pre-show to Soarin' or (laughs) Emperor's New Groove? I don't know. They're pretty close. (laughs) You have to wait just as long to get on Soarin'. It just feels that long on Mm -hmm. (laughs) Soarin'. It's the suspense that gets you. Yeah. So how are we all doing today? We're hanging in there. We're, we're what, about six months into this thing? So, yeah. <laughs> Nine months into the year, six months into this pandemic. I'm just cruising along. Cruising for a bruising. Have you booked a Disney trip yet? No. No, no Disney trip booked. I, I mean, I do have a trip to Dollywood coming up. All right. And the same weekend you were potentially going to be going on your hypocritical trip. <laughs> you're you're spending those antibodies already, aren't you, John? <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I mean, I do still have my time for, like I said before, for the cruise saved, so I'm probably going to do something Disney during that, maybe. maybe. Just a thought. Okay. Yeah, and that, that's uh, December. Yeah. So Dollywood's coming up. That'll be interesting to hear what they do as far as COVID protocols and whatnot and what your yeah. experience is there. When's the last time you've been there? Dollywood. That that was exactly thirty years ago, because <laughs> it was wow. in nineteen ninety. I imagine it's changed a bit since then. That would have been summer of that year, so I would have been eleven at that point in time. So yeah, I don't really remember it that well. Huh. So this will be a good revisit for you. Oh, well, you know, it became over the years pretty coaster heavy. I think they have nine. Mm. Right. I don't know how many of those I'll actually get to do, given that uh, we're going to have kids along, but hopefully I'll get to do some of the, the better ones. Are you going to ride all the rides? That was, <laughs> One day. <laughs> all the rides? You're going to do the Dollywood yeah. Challenge? Yeah, that shouldn't be too hard to accomplish, actually. I, I don't know. Let's see. Do they have a raft ride? They do, actually. <laughs> they Well, they have they have something similar. <laughs> Not a raft ride. It's uh, you know, a Thunder River type ride or a, what is it? Um, Dang. I, I'm losing my... I'm losing all my. You know what I'm Is talking it about? Like Those a Collie River right? Like a Collie River, yes, like a Collie. Yeah. Oh, they I don't know why I could... called the Barnstormer. It looks a lot more intense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's not. It's, it's not, not Goofy's. It's not Goofy's. No, not at all. Yeah. But my hope is maybe I can put together a decent review of it since it's been a while. But I, as far as I know, we're only going to spend the one day in the park. Gotcha. Do we want to plug our YouTube real quick before we get into the news? Yeah, I mean, I've been uploading videos to it periodically, mostly old stuff right now. I did do another version, a more complete version of Journey into Imagination, the original version, just recently, and I've uploaded it, so it's out there now. 
Yeah, I saw the '94 version, right? Don't yeah, remember. that was the most 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 complete one I think I have mm-hmm. of the original version. But we also did have another subscriber come on, and it looks like they have their own channel as well. But it's called Theme Park Vets. So I mean, thank you for subscribing. Yeah. Again, it's in the early stages. We're trying to get it, get the word out there and get it promoted some, and you know. I mean, at this rate, we'll be able to reach our goal in twenty years. <laughs> yeah, twenty exactly. <laughs> So in 2040. I think you're just going to need to really vlog your Dollywood trip pretty heavy. Yeah, that might would work. Yeah. I mean, it is called traveling with the mouse. It doesn't necessarily have to be traveling to Disney only, right? By the way, I went through the Dollywood ride list. Quick count, excluding the ones that look like shows. I think you've got 35 rides on your hand there. So. Oh, wow. That's actually more than I thought. Yeah. Wow. It was everything. But I, some of them look very kiddie. So I don't know if they have like a height limit where you can't ride some of the kiddie stuff, you know, because you might be too yeah. big. Right. <laughs> <laughs> too so, big to ride. Yeah. yeah I can, or you might look it? really silly who is it? It's, it. Or who is it? It's Universal that actually has one that you have to have a kid with you in order to ride it. It's the Pteranodon Flyers. So <laughs> they don't have anything like that, I don't think, but I don't yeah. know. You can say that about the um, Triceratops spin. They'll let anybody ride that. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) All right, well, let's jump into the news, shall we? Shall we? Shall we? Let's do it. So let's move over to uh, Hong Kong and let's talk about the news there. Unless something crazy happens in the time between us recording this and the release of this episode, Hong Kong Disneyland is open right now. Or it should be. It's open nice. for business. Yeah. So it reopened today, September 25th. And I hear everything went well. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I feel like if Hong Kong gets like one new case of coronavirus, they shut everything down. So that's kind of what happened a few weeks ago. So what do we think? Well, hopefully it stays Good. open. There's some discussion about the castle uh, in the picture. They they were doing something on the castle. I don't know. Some people said it looked kind of bad. I mean, it looks really tall, doesn't it? Yeah. You know what's funny is if you look just at the bottom part, it still does look like the Disneyland castle. But then you look up and it's like like the Beauty and the Beast castle sitting on top of the Disneyland castle. (laughs) It's kind of what it looks like. Isn't it to make it look more like it's like a hodgepodge of some of the princess castles? Because I can see the feel of a little bit of like Aladdin in there. Yeah, it does kind of have an Akbar towards the bottom part. Yeah, I think that's kind of the purpose of it, really. Maybe maybe they're trying to make it a best combination castles. Yeah, yeah, kind of (laughs) bears best of castles. (laughs) That's what I was about to say. It's what it looked like they were trying to do was incorporate more castles and. Without, you know, like making it look entirely goofy. Because yeah. the tallest turret looks a lot like Disneyland Paris to me. Yeah. And then the other like, one looks kind of like Shanghai, maybe. I don't know. Interesting. Well, like you say, there's parts that kind of remind you of Beast Castle. You know, if we looked, maybe that's the intention. I don't think it's officially been said, right? I mean, not mm-hmm. that I've seen. That's the intention. Yeah, I think, but, am I wrong here, but I believe Hong Kong is the only castle that has, like, mountains as a backdrop which is kind of interesting isn't it most of the other castles don't really have much behind it 
to see. You know what I mean? But this is like mountains well, and stuff behind. Well, I mean, like I see a bunch of trees, but there's a little bit of mountains in the. Yeah. Well, Disney World doesn't have mountains in Florida. <laughs> yeah, there's surprisingly no uh, mountains in Florida. I can say if <laughs> it's barely above sea sea level, right? Not you don't really long. have a backdrop, yeah. but if you looked at what's behind the castle, it's probably swamp. So, well, speaking of Hong Kong, recently it came out in the news that the uh, apparently a deal for expansion that Disney signed back in the year two thousand. In the year two thousand, exactly. Which ironically is the year that the movie that we're going to talk about came out too. So, yeah, just barely. Just barely, but yeah. I thought it was 01, because that's when I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently well, everyone else, and that's just uh, no spoiler there. But Right. A couple of weeks before the year 2001. So they got denied by the uh, Hong Kong government the extension of this land deal where they could expand and potentially build a second park. So looks like they will not be able to do that. And uh, Disney has a quote here that they're very disappointed. It says, we will continue to invest in the current expansion plan. However, we are extremely disappointed with the Hong Kong government's decision not to extend the phase two land expansion option. So they're kind of landlocked now, I think. Isn't Hong Kong essentially the least talked about Disney resort worldwide? I mean, it's kind of the the stepchild of the (laughs) Disney I don't know. Is it? I mean, I, I guess out of the international parks, there would be. Let's see. What is there? There's that. There's Tokyo. There's Shanghai. Shanghai Paris. There's Paris. I okay. feel like, though, when you talk about them, the pecking order is, you know, Disneyland, Disney World, or Disney World, Disneyland, however you want to. And then there's Tokyo. And then Shanghai, Paris, and Hong Kong is kind of the, seems like the pecking order. Am I wrong on that? Does that sound... Well, it's hard to say after after Tokyo. I mean, you can kind of take your pick. I think. I mean, some people might put Paris ahead of Shanghai. Some, you know. Yeah, I would, but that's because I've never been to Shanghai. So, yeah, but Shanghai does have the cool pirates ride. That's true. They do. So. I think each resort has their own thing that makes it uh, unique and worth going to. You know. Well, it's like I think we mentioned it before when we talked about it. Tokyo they basically cherry pick and take the best of each park and put it in their park. So they're, that's why they have one of the best parks. Yeah. <laughs> they took take the, the best, bears attractions. best of parks. So <laughs> it's pretty much, I mean, they, you know, the way their stuff is like they look at what's, they took the best of Disneyland. They took the best of Disney world. Yeah. I mean, as far as the versions. Yeah. I mean, they really, our, yeah. Our, my son likes to watch the ride videos from all the parks and, the one he goes back to the most for Big Thunder is Tokyo because the last section, I guess you'd call it, of the ride is way better than any of the Big Thunders I've been on. So did they not take an exact copy of one of those when it comes to... It doesn't look like it. Yeah, the last huh. segment is not anything like Disney World's. Uh, it's way better. <laughs> you go in a tunnel that's got like baths and stuff in it and... So they actually really enhanced fast. that one. Yeah, it is. And they have, of course, the explosion final, you know, dynamite, lift hill and all that. So, Well, I mean, like they made they the choices that I would have chosen as yeah. far as the attractions go, like the Pirates from Disneyland, the Haunted Mansion from Disney World. Right. You know, those are... The Splash Mountain from Disney World. The way Disney I would World. do it. Yeah, the it's Splash like Mountain. Those are, of, yeah. yeah. Those are all the ones I would have done. 
Yeah. <laughs> if it were me. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Plus, new rides, I guess, should we, well, we, I, I, should we talk about that later? <laughs> Since that's Yeah, like... <laughs> yeah, well. Okay. <laughs> we'll come back to Tokyo. <laughs> yeah. Because that's, like, probably the biggest. That's bigger. Story of the week. No, so, no segue there. Yeah. Speaking of fireworks, should we uh, talk about fireworks? <laughs> we should have landed on that. Like, hey, what's the Hong Kong fireworks show like? Oh, I don't know. But speaking of fireworks, <laughs> they, they've been testing, or they tested fireworks as we're recording this the night of the 23rd, so the Wednesday night. And I've seen people post pictures on social media from Riviera and some other nearby hotels where you could see fireworks peeking above the trees so they definitely did test them this should be part of harmony us right so harmon ious <laughs> harmony yes those are better those are ious right but the uh, the video i saw was very slow so you know it wasn't like they were rehearsing the show i think they were just testing does this launch work is this yeah look good whatever it didn't seem to be any particular sequence. It just seemed to be pretty random. So, Yeah, I mean, I feel like, I mean, I know they haven't really said, right, but I feel like whenever Epcot starts doing fireworks again or does nighttime shows again, that it's going to be harmonious. Yeah, I think so, yeah, because <laughs> Epcot Forever did not go over well. So, Well, I mean, it wasn't terrible, but at the same time, you've had all this time without a show that you have had to work on and test things like we're talking about. So there's, by the time you're actually able to do them again, it should be ready to go, right? I think so, because this was supposed to already have debuted by now. Yeah. Anyway, so I think, yeah, you're right. Uh, Whenever fireworks happen, it'll be Harmony Us. But sticking with Epcot, if you move a little bit further out. One of the best places to watch Epcot fireworks from is the Italy Pavilion. Well, that was terrible. (laughs) It is. It is a good place to watch. But there's some mystery construction walls up at the uh, Italy Pavilion. Have you guys seen this photograph? I just did. So there's a construction wall on the, what would we call it, the west side of the Italy Pavilion? Next to the Joffreys. Yeah. That's so not goes, the west side, is it? That's on the east side of it. Or wait, I guess you're, are you thinking, are you talking I, in the direction Epcot's facing? <laughs> yeah, guess? that's what I'm okay. trying to, yeah. Okay. I was trying to think, so if you're facing the Italy Pavilion, the it's to your right. adventure is on <laughs> your right, and it stretches from the far right side of the pavilion all the way to, as Jason said, the uh, Joffrey's stand. That's between the American Adventure and Italy. So what do we think is going to go here? Anything? Or is it just, is this like a launch point for Harmonious or a new something? Um, What's happening? I don't know. I think it could just be, I mean, they've done this before where they put walls up just so they could do some extensive landscaping type work before. Mm-hmm. I, I think that might be all this is, but I, we'll see. Because it's just a where it is. I mean, it doesn't look like you could really do much there. I feel like it's just probably... It's probably a new pavilion. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> a whole new pavilion whole new already. pavilion, yeah. That's that, probably that where they're going to put the Mary Poppins, I think. That's, yeah, uh, it makes sense there. Uh, she's Italian. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. She, she always had it. She always spoke with an accent. <laughs> I think that was an Italian Spit accent, Spit the right? spot, uh. 
Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Okay. <laughs> Apparently, she became Mario. Yeah, I was in my, say, in my that, version. Is that the extent of your Italian uh, uh, impersonation? Right. My my neighbor is actually Italian. I could get him on to uh, do a Mary Poppins, maybe. Yeah. Just like, recite a few lines in an Italian accent. How many uh, emails are we going to get? That, guys, you realize she's not Italian, right? <laughs> she's probably British. I always thought that's where they were going to put it. She's French. Well, I think uh-huh. Jason, you know, Jason said new pavilion. I mean, that, that could be true. You know, severe cutbacks might make a pavilion that size. So, yeah. um, well, well, so if, what's it going to be? <laughs> if you look at satellite pictures, which I did of this, there is kind of like a half pavilion space there. Yeah, that's not what it's going to be, though. <laughs> yeah, it's not. I would think, if anything, what, are they going to add another restaurant? They're going to expand Italy. Or is it simply just uh, maybe they're doing some pavement work right there? Well, maybe they'll build a little um, building where you can go in and it'll be a VR world where it's like you went to Tokyo Disneyland and got to experience their attractions. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, like, it'll be like, you thought the animatronics here were good. Wait till you see what they've got, as we'll <laughs> yeah. discuss later. Yeah, you know, Italy always has been one of those pavilions that you could go deep enough in it that you actually felt more immersed yeah. in the pavilion, more so than some of the others. Do you yeah, guys like kind of feel it. that? Yeah, I like that about that one. Yeah, yeah, it's long back to front. Yeah, it's not like wide and you know the other ones. Other. Yeah, the other ones you feel like you're getting a piece of the country. Yes, but like it's it's deep enough that once you get it, walk in it, you actually kind of can get a sense that you're in Italy in a, to, in a, to a degree, yeah. more so than some of the other ones. Yeah, once you get far enough in, you, know, you can kind of get lost in it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I've always liked about the Italy Pavilion. But uh, well, I guess France is going to be deep now. Yeah, so. definitely. Yeah, yeah. They're just going to make France everywhere. It's going to be all the pavilions, all France. Yeah, this is part <laughs> of the France uh, expansion. <laughs> I mean, still I part think when it? they bring back the the cultural exchange program. They should tell the cast members that if you really want to expand your territory, you're going to have to take it by force. And then we could start having like wars between the pavilions. Okay. It'd be really compelling. Right. Try and make it more accurate. (laughs) Yikes. Well, Um, the the Mexico pavilion will take over because they'll just start working their way around and just bringing the Cava margaritas and just handing it to everybody and get them drunk. Take, take over. over. Oh, brother. Okay. You uh, better watch out for Canada. Sneaky right. there. They're too nice. <laughs> yeah, they're very nice there. Well, anyway, hopefully it's an expansion to the Italy Pavilion, but I doubt it. We'll see what happens, though. But speaking of construction walls. I can say, oh, you're going to say, speaking of, speaking of space, construction space, stuff <laughs> yeah. to build. It looks <laughs> as though uh, Space 220, some of the construction walls have come down. And there's a sign out front now that is covered, but it says, you know, you can read underneath space 220 underneath the, like, sheet that's on top of it. Uh, that picture that they took of that sign, they put their camera over the wall, obviously, because yeah, there's, like, cinder blocks right there. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, these... that's not something Disney would have uh, view- viewable. Right. Well, I, did so. you have you listened to the Disney Dish a couple of weeks ago where they were talking about this person sending their very old photos from Disneyland and how Walt used to do 
refurbishments and also new attractions where he would do the waist high walls so that you could see it because hmm. hmm. his his philosophy was he wanted you to to be like oh what are they building there i want to come back and see it so like when they yeah. put up construction walls they were like waist high so that you could come up and like look at it while it was being built yeah very interesting not a different strategy than what they do today well people still see it today they just see it online i guess or if, I, I feel like today, if you had a low construction wall, people would just be like jumping over it to like steal something and sell it Probably. or something. Yeah. <laughs> I suck. was just, when you mentioned that, I was trying to think back to what's the last thing I can remember seeing that may have had something that w- when it was being built that perhaps you could see it. Well, when Epcot mm-hmm. first opened, there were a couple of the pavilions that weren't quite open yet. So there might have been some construction being done there that was not, which you couldn't really hide, I guess. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I don't know. So, not to hijack your list, Adam, but did you see that some of the Galaxy's Edge merchandise is going to be available on Shop Disney now? Yeah, some of it's like available in Target. Are the Sporks available? Uh, no. Yeah. But they have like some of the lightsaber, uh, like the the lightsaber portion. And I think they have a couple of the hilts, like the Darth mm-hmm. Vader one and stuff. You can order. Interesting. So you don't have to go to Savvy's. You can just go to Shop Disney. <laughs> Well, you couldn't get that at Savvy's. I mean, you could build one like it, but you wouldn't be able to get that one. It's available starting on September 28th at 7 a.m. Pacific time. What I'm seeing here on the coming soon, I see the Darth Vader lightsaber hilt. I see the 36-inch lightsaber blade, the brown robe, and the resistance tunic for women. So this just means to be all the stuff that they have too much of. Coincidence that they're putting it out just in time for Halloween? Hmm. Well, another coincidence is that pass holders are getting the 30% off Shop Disney again through October 11th. Nice. So I need you to order a bunch of stuff for me. <laughs> yeah, I will. Yeah, so I got to order a bunch of stuff for myself. Yeah. So I was happy to see that because I almost bought new masks the other day, but this story came out. Right after that, and I was like, I'm glad I waited. Did I mention that I got my masks that I ordered from Shop Disney? The park oh, nice. masks that I got. Yeah. How do you like them? How do they fit? They, they actually fit, fit really well. I got the extra large. Like, uh, Yeah, those work well for me, too. Yeah. Maddie's, I got the youth medium, I think it was, so it worked mm-hmm. out well for her. Yeah. She got the princess version. Since you brought up pass holder, I just have to provide the update. I have not yet received a <laughs> refund. So that's our weekly update. Well, it's getting close to the end of September. You should get it by next episode then. Or else. I sure hope so. <laughs> or else you got some talking to Disney to do. Yeah. They put all over their website, or I've seen a lot of it. It's just like, don't call us. It's going to come. <laughs> don't worry about it. Right. <laughs> you just got to wait for this fiscal year to end so that we can put it off to next year. Yeah. But you guys know I'm I'm already trying to spend that money that I'm going to get back because I've started pricing out hypothetical vacations to Disney World in the next few months, which is why John was calling me a hypocrite a few at the minutes ago. The yeah, at the, the beginning. Basically, I think we've all hit a wall, and I'm trying to convince myself that I could go, and it's just very hard to do that, but... At least yeah. I'm pretending like I want to go and doing the old thing I did, which is just create vacation offers all the time and be like, hmm, do I really, do I want to spend a bunch of money and stay at the yacht club? Hmm, that right. sounds fun. 
there's, there's no shame. Just, you know, like I said, everyone's been a hypocrite at some point. <laughs> yeah. Right. There's a lot of them out there today. <laughs> but anyway. I mean, if I'm going to go down, I'm going to stay at a Skyliner resort because, you know. Right. If okay. Skyliner is where it's at now. That is where it's at. Sure. Well, I have the exact opposite problem because I'm trying to talk myself into going, but I'm looking at all the pictures and videos people are posting of the crowds, especially on the weekends lately, and even yeah. during the week sometimes. Well, the See, time I'm, pretty- I'm pretending I'm going to go is a holiday weekend, which is yeah. why I'm like, uh, I mean, it's going to be so crowded that they extended Epcot by an hour. Right. I've pretty much already decided that if I do go, it, you know how they have the rates cheaper on a Sunday through Thursday, but that would also mean that's also when there would be most likely to be not as crowded also on those days. So, Right. I think Hollywood Studios is the biggest problem as far as a crowd, because there's just yeah. not enough to do there. Right. Yeah, right, the wait times they, are higher. There's there. no shows to eat people up, and... Yep. The weights are terrible. I think Magic Kingdom can absorb it a lot better. And if you go yeah. in with an expectation, like if you're going for like a once at a lifetime trip, I still think it's a good idea. But if you're like us that has gone a lot and you just sort of accept it, there's ways yeah. that you can be like, eh, I'm just happy I'm here and go to the Tiki Room like five times. Sure, yeah, exactly. Or the Country Bear Jamboree. You know? Yeah, just bounce between the Country Bear Jamboree and the Tiki Room and have some Dole Whips. There you go. Yeah, there's plenty of classic stuff you could do, you know. Yeah, do all the classic stuff. Yeah, I mean, because if you go a lot, you can you, you know, you know, can say, well, I'm not going to do Seven Dwarfs Mine Train today. I'll just do some other stuff. You well, know? if I went, there would be a couple of priorities for me if I was to go. Let's just say mm-hmm. hypothetically I went to Disney World in October. Okay. My son is now tall enough to ride Space Mountain. So yeah. that would be a rope. We would rope that. Mm-hmm. And he's tall enough to ride Everest. So we would rope that as well. Because you know he yeah. he loves he loves the roller coasters. And he would love them. Right. So I, I, I think the only thing that's 48 inches, which he is not 48 inches yet, is Rock and Roller Coaster, which I don't think he's quite ready for. But I think that's the only 48 inch left now that Primeval World, right. which was a high... Height is gone, right? Am I right on that? I think so, yeah. I think that was... Yeah. Yeah. So I think you could do everything except Rock and Roller Coaster now. So I would want to prioritize those rides and then just sort of take what comes. You know, I would yeah. want to ride Slinky, but only if I could get it less than 60 minutes, I would say, is what I would say. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, the other thing for me, trying to psych myself into going again, is... When I went back in July, <laughs> there was like nobody there, and Space Mountain was a five-minute wait, you know, in the middle of the day on a, what day was it, Saturday, it was five minutes. So, you know, it's kind of hard to just be Well, like, so you've been, I'm assuming, you know, you've just been at home this whole pandemic, you've got all this money saved away. Let's just go together and let's just get the VIP tour. That can't be that expensive, right? <laughs> right. I'm just kidding. Sure. Sure. Just kidding. But I, I so here's what I, I, I have heard about the VIP tour, that there is a way that you can park hop, and that is you could book the VIP tour. Mm-hmm. But here's what I don't understand on that, because I, I haven't done any research on, on how you would do it. But I read that, and then I also read in the disclaimer on the VIP tour that park reservations are still required. 
like, but you can't make more than one park reservation. Hmm. So how does that work exactly? Like when you get on a VIP tour, you just need a park reservation or do you need, do they unlock it to do multiple? I'm kind of curious, but I also am not going to pay for one to find out. Yeah, (laughs) I'm not either. Not right now anyway. So we need Jack Black to to do it for us. Jack Black, if you want to pay for us to go on a VIP tour for sure. purely for for learning purposes, I, I'll I'll go to Disney World if I'm on a VIP tour right now. Yeah, I would do I'll that. Let you know. <laughs> All right. Well, let me let's get back to the news and right. finish up the news. This is sad news to report, but it's probably not the only story like this in the coming months. But the uh, Swan and Dolphin. Resort is going to terminate 1,136 employees in November. It reported that to the state of Florida. And by November How many 13th, people work there? Do we know? I'm assuming more than 1,136. Cause I mean, that's a resort's... lot of people. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. That's scary. But the Swan and Dolphin, they rely on conventions. So I imagine the conventions have all been canceled for the last six months and beyond. So the number of employees that they have for running those kind of things and I guess general staff, it's it's kind of hard to imagine how many more employees they have than 1,100, but... Well, they've had half of it closed off for the MLS. Have they opened both yeah. halves again? I haven't even I looked. believe it is open again, yes. I believe both as halves. of now it is open, yeah. I believe so. Because I could and book it. I believe I was I was looking. Well, I was looking at November, but I could have booked either resort in November. So I was going to say early on in this fall, they had some last minute at least that were extremely cheap. I guess I suggest that they're... Yeah. Their bookings there have not been that great because they've had some like ninety dollars. I mean that's unbelievable for. <laughs> yeah. I saw it one time for that price. Don't get me wrong; it's not like it's out there all the time. But still, just the fact that I saw it at that price, yeah, is um, amazing. <laughs> right. Well, they've had very low occupancy. Obviously, I mean. So if you're at the Swan, you at least get the boat. Is it faster to walk to Hollywood Studios or walk to the Skyliner from the Swan? <laughs> Well, so the so remember the last year when we did the preview for uh, Galaxy's Edge, I stayed at the Swan, and we did walk to Hollywood Studios. The issue with walking from the Swan side is you have to cross that bridge, so we had to go, you know, cross. You know how the the water, uh, like the boardwalk side, is the preferred side to walk. You could right. walk over to the boardwalk and then walk over, but we stayed on the swan side of the river, if you want to call it river, and walked, but we had to go up this hill and up to the road, the bridge, the boat goes under, and we had to walk down the road to the other side where the boardwalk side is and, and go under the bridge. So you have way. to cross eventually anyway. You do, yeah. So you either cross at the boardwalk well, I mean, I kind of thought so because I got to thinking, I was like, there's not a path that goes all the way down that side. There's nothing but like shrubbery over there. I've right. seen it from the boat. Yeah. I was like, I mean, <laughs> if another... you keep walking, maybe eventually you'll end up in Fantasmic. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. And that's so, not so, a river. They always tell me on the boat that's a channel. Right? Yeah, it is a channel. Sure. 
There you it's go. the Disney Channel. So you don't get those kind of jokes on the Skyliner. No. <laughs> I think that's where they put people to train for the Jungle Cruise. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so it's not the most ideal walking path from the Swan, but you can get there. You just yeah, have I was gonna to say cross one way there. Yeah, it's just going to be a slightly longer walk, actually, when it's all said right. and done. Yeah. So anyway, just to clarify, it does say that this employee terminations will be permanent, not like furloughs. They're going to be permanent. Yeah, I guess like they just don't feel this has to be the conference venues and stuff. That's my thinking. Yeah. Or it's got to be maybe even almost very seasonal or hourly type employees because you if you think it's going to rebound in 2021, you don't want to be laying a lot of people off right now because then you're just going to have to rehire a bunch. You're going to have to hire a bunch of new people and then you're going to have all new people. Yeah. So this has to be something that they feel like is a long-term slump in a demand, which has to be like the conference venues. Right. Yeah. Cause the dolphin has a humongous conference center. So from the business aspect too, if you let people go like that and then you decide to open positions up again, a lot of times they have that they're able to use that as the reason for not paying them as much to start with, at least anyway. Yeah. Right. There's well, that. Yeah. But I mean, I think this might not be the case in this particular industry because, you know, it depends on the type of job, right? Some of these jobs sometimes are even seasonal. It just depends on the job. A lot of times they're hourly positions, those kind of things with different kinds of backgrounds and skills. But a lot of the literature shows that in many jobs, especially skilled salaried type jobs, it is sometimes cheaper to pay people to stay on during a slump than it is to lay them off and then have to rehire later. It just depends on that gap, right, on how long it's going to be before you really need them again. Because you, when you bring somebody back on, like if they let all these people go, they reopen the positions, you bring someone back on, they're not trained you have to train them, which mm-hmm. costs money. Right. Then they have to get experience, which costs like you're losing a lot of stuff and it costs so much money to, to recruit. So this is why you, if it's permanent, it's gotta be in an area that's, they think it's not going to see an uptick when in, in six time. to 12 months. Right. Right. For a long time. Yeah. And I would think conferences are going to take a long time to come back the way we. Have so I've attended a done. few virtual conferences now in this pandemic. And I would say it's not terrible. It's more efficient. Like some of the conferences I go and they, they're recorded and I can watch the videos when it's more convenient. So I might be getting more work done. Yeah. What the people don't get is the experience of going to a conference and quote working while they're actually (laughs) hanging out at Disney world, (laughs) hanging out drinking and, uh, whatever. See, I just thought at those conferences that people carry their luggage around in business suits and all the lobbies and walkways and everything just so they can be seen. And that's part of it. Is that not it? (laughs) Half of being in corporate America is talking about how busy you are. So you always have to you always have to have a hard stop and you always have to have a meeting in 15 minutes. Uh, That's one of the things I've always noticed about, like, say, Coronado, for instance. It's like, I wonder if some people just come out here and dress like this and carry this around just like for fun in some cases, <laughs> because we see so many people doing it. Yeah. 
Anyway. So unless I miss something, we still don't have any official word on Disneyland's reopening or the procedures that they need to follow in order to reopen. The latest I've heard from our favorite chairman of Disney Parks, as we said, he sort of voiced his frustration with California's lack of guidance. He says it's time for Disneyland to open. Yeah. I feel like the success you've seen in Florida, of all places, where people are not nearly as willing to follow the rules laid down by the CDC should be evidence that Disney is taking it seriously and kicking the crazies out that want to run around without a mask. And it seems Mm. to be working. There's no outbreaks linked to any Florida theme park, which is really impressive. It is, yeah. Yeah, and tomorrow also mentioned that the longer we take to open Disneyland, the more devastating the impact will be for Orange County. And I think he's right in a lot of cases that a lot of businesses surrounding Disneyland especially rely heavily on people going to Disneyland. Because, hotels especially. Yeah, hotels, restaurants, all these things that are nearby. They rely on the foot traffic of you know people walking to and from Disneyland's parking lots and or to and from the hotels around, and they'll stop at a, a restaurant wonder, or whatever. I wonder what kind of deals you'll be able to get on the Grand Californian when that place reopens, if you will uh, be able to. Yeah, probably not any. I mean, the good neighbor hotels, I bet you will. Yeah, maybe, because they are going to be more desperate, probably. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't think you really are. want to stay at the Grand Californian once with a nice theme park view? Oh yeah, I mean, totally. it would be nice to stay there. Yeah, I would like to stay at all three of them at some point. Yeah. But Disneyland Hotel, especially, they're just so expensive overall. Well, I mean, yeah, really I mean there's only three of them to choose. I know, from, out so. of the three, yeah. they're still all expensive. They are, yeah. <laughs> I guess Paradise Pier has had some pretty good rates. If you want the lesser views i guess the and stuff like that but yeah disneyland hotels right up there with grand californian almost as far as price goes so am i right is disneyland the only one left now that isn't open as of today yep so that would would be it so yeah I, i think it's time i think it's it needs to happen soon so yeah and they gotta voice their opinion about it because it's not like they can pack up and move so <laughs> yeah talk about being landlocked yeah <laughs> I mean, you can't really so can't. i'm assuming when they do reopen the marvel campus is not opening right i don't think it was quite finished i don't think right but they've had a lot of time to f- it was pretty close to finished yeah but did they did they allow construction in there i mean because for a while there you know that was one of the areas in which some places saw an increase you know what i mean in cases was on construction sites. Right. Yeah. Ratatouille is as well. I mean, it's almost open, but it's almost ready to be open, I should say. It looks like it is. But do they just wait? I mean, do they try to open, do a grand opening of a ride during a pandemic? Or how do they? That happened at Tokyo Disneyland. <laughs> good point. I, they're going to, it looks like we're going to miss the date I originally said. I said October 1st, so it doesn't look like that's going to happen. It's too close for them to, unless they just do a soft open and, yeah. They should. Surprises. I mean, they could do a soft open, but they might be trying to save that for like a holiday push or something, right? Yeah, possibly. 
It seems like a lot of people are coming already, so they don't really... They're going to max out the Yeah, but they're not coming to Epcot. Well, that's true. They can get people to come to Epcot if they open that. So I guess maybe you're right. Maybe they'll do like a Thanksgiving kind of push or something. You know, I can't help it, but I keep looking at the hours there, and I think, oh, this would be my first thought, and then I have to take a step back. I'm like, oh, this would be a great to do Animal Kingdom morning and then Epcot. Oh, wait. Right, yeah. (laughs) You can do that if you do the the VIP tour. VIP tour, John. Just... I was like, these hours are like perfect for park hopping between those two parks, especially. What do you, what do you think it is during this time of the year? Is it, because I know it varies based on demand. Is, you think it's five hundred dollars an hour? You think you can? You think you can swing that? <sighs> I don't know. More than I'm willing to pay, still at this point. Yeah. All right. Know. Well, let's let's do a few rapid fires here and get right. to the big story. So, more canopy is being installed at Tron Light Cycle. Power eh. Me, it's looking pretty cool though. Have you seen the progress? Yeah, it's I mean, making? It looks cool. I'm not holding my breath for when it's going to open. Well, I mean, what I say about this, I'm, I want to experience the ride because I mean, I've seen the ride. I've seen what the ex- exterior looks like. I mean, there's nothing. You know what I mean? There's nothing yeah. here that I haven't seen before. Is my right? Thing. Of course. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. It's a really short ride for one, but it's taking shape really quickly, and I think that's yeah. good. I still think it could make this. October next year date. It looks like it could. I say when they're cloning a ride that already exists, the only thing you can really be wowed by is actually doing it. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, that's, <laughs> right, that's yeah. for me. That's the way it is for me. You I, can't really, I'm, you can't really get too excited with the visual other than you think it's getting closer, I guess. Yeah, but, I actually like seeing the progress of it coming together. It looks really cool. Yeah. I just can't wait for the new wrinkles that'll add to magic kingdom already. Early in the morning, Frontierland and Adventureland are empty. But once this opens, you're oh, yeah. going to have a field day at Frontierland and Adventureland in the morning. Yeah, field you could day. ride Splash and uh, Big Thunder like 12 times before people ventured back there. Could it impact the thought when it comes to the challenge eventually? Mm. Yeah. I mean, oh, I mean yeah. I'm sure I mean, it will to some degree. I mean, I, I think, yeah. I just hope, as we discussed with Kent last week, they don't just do that they don't do virtual queues. I I mean, we can't do virtual queues for everything. Well, Disney doesn't care about the challenge (laughs) itself. Why? Uh, They don't. I mean, because they barely know it exists. They don't care about it. So if they're doing what suits their business model best and the challenge doesn't. so I mean, if anything, Disney would try to probably discourage the challenge, don't you think? I mean, if they see... Yeah, if they say it was growing, if it was growing or something, even running more, around the parks and everything, yeah, they know it exists to a degree. The people that operate the rafts know it exists. So. Yeah, there's several people that know. Yeah, I mean, it was. I, I'm sure Disney executives knew about it, not necessarily that they were going to take any action against it or anything. But yeah, I was like, what was the comment made? It's like it. when like a group of people ride the rafts, and it's like, yeah, we're just going to ride back. It's like, oh, yeah, exactly. y'all are those. Oh, okay, you're those people. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's even a, a very narrow group at that point. Yeah. The people who are don't see that actually name. riding the rafts, right? Mm-hmm. Who would do that? People who yeah. believe it's a ride, I guess. Rafts are a ride. <laughs> people who want to challenge. So our rapid fire has become less rapid. <laughs> I know, because I thought of something else I wanted to say about this. Uh, I hope that they still connect Tron to like the pathway to Barnstormer. 
in Storybook Circus because that would make through path from that side of the park to the other like there used to be that smoking trail. <laughs> you remember? Well, that? we just got off Tron. Where do you want to ride next? How about Barnstormer? <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> why don't they just let the exit go right into the Barnstormer queue? You can just have it be an extension. Well, you can do the three an extra thirty seconds. <laughs> yeah, it's an extra thirty seconds. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or Barnstormer. You know how they have like the little play area at Dumbo while you're waiting. Barnstormer can be like the oh you want to you want to ride a little coaster while you're waiting on Tron. Yeah, yeah. Go here. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> like, you can probably ride it. I don't know twelve times before you get on this ride. <laughs> yeah, but what I was getting at too was it's going to expand the capacity of Magic Kingdom quite a bit. The, this area is going to hold a lot of more people. So, you know, it'll spread the crowd out more. That's a good thing. Mm. Yeah, it'll, it'll stretch it a bit. I think it's, it's just going to make Tomorrowland look like it used to in the old days. <laughs> okay. A ton of people all right in there. <laughs> yeah. Well, minus the smoking trail, you know. That's yeah, all it used minus to the be. smoking trail. I'm just talking about Tomorrowland in general. I think Tomorrowland's going to look like it did back when Space Mountain was it. I mean, Space right. Mountain still get, draws a big crowd, but not like it was back in the day. All right. All right. Well, this next one should be rapid. The park hours have been extended this weekend by one hour at each park. Well, exciting times. One additional ride. Are they preparing for standard time? <laughs> what they're doing? Daylight savings are right. <laughs> Ending. Well, actually, yeah, daylight savings ending is what I'm saying for standard time. We talked about park hours extending, and they sure are doing it. It seems like they're responding to the crowds, maybe the increase in crowds on the weekends especially. Yeah, they're getting into a groove, so to speak. There's like, yeah. well, we see that they we're getting this business, so we can start extending a little bit. Yeah. Just like creeping into normal, pretty much. And they'll be, they'll be normal within six months. That's my prediction. Hmm. Speaking of... There was a false story that came out about FastPass returning January 2021, but it turned out to be not true. The, somebody found a web page that exists or existed on the Disney website that said, you know, plan your post-holiday visit using FastPass Plus, you know, January, February trip, blah, 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 using FastPass. So a lot of people were like, oh, FastPass is coming back. But turns out this was a, a page that was put up for 2020 because they mention the flower garden festival starting in spring 2020 it was an old web page and disney very quickly took that information out of the web page so oh i don't well. doubt yeah. i don't doubt that it'll be back in 2021 um, right right hopefully but yeah. i don't think they would be advertising at this point no no all right the big story of the week as far as news goes a new ride opened at tokyo disneyland and it's incredible you mean a new incredible experience that just puts everything else to shame yeah there's like animatronics that dance they do a waltz they do a waltz the beast transformation is incredible the yeah, beauty yeah. of the beast attraction incredible yeah. well done disney i noticed the beast transformation is kind of like an advanced technology that they used to convert jack sparrow and the Mm, ha Shanghai. And, uh, Shanghai, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Shanghai, yeah. You can tell it's just that technology, but they did more with it. Let's put it that right, way. Right, right. Yeah, even the Be Our Guest scene, I think, was fantastic, too. The way oh, yeah, they, the whole thing. I think they used projections there, but it, it the way that they added new things and changed the elements in the room as you were going around, it was so you know, cool. 
I would hate to say, I wouldn't call this, it's hard to call this a disappointment because of how amazing the attraction is, but I would have liked to have seen a Gaston scene, like the with the song. Mm-hmm. I would just, I think that would the have Gaston been good song. to incorporate yeah. the tavern. Don't you think that would have been cool? Anyway. Yeah, it could have been interesting. Yeah, they could have done something with that. But, but you know, a lot of Twitter discussion on this, you know, some people, why can't we have nice things? Some yeah. people saying, well, you have Rise. But it never works. Just look at the waltzing animatronics and yeah. after seeing oh, yeah. that i've decided that kylo ren animatronic and rise just needs to be thrown in the trash i mean it's <laughs> yeah. embarrassing compared yeah. to that it is i mean the movement of it is so <laughs> unlifelike it's ridiculous i mean you don't like seeing an animatronic that's just about to be blown out to space that's uh flailing his arms about right and then this like this <laughs> little thing very gently falls in front of him so you can't see him anymore (laughs) yeah see this is where they're this is where they're messing up they release an attraction like rise but then it's like not even a year later they release an attraction like beauty and the beast (laughs) right i I mean mean, rise is incredible the detail work it's incredible but the animatronic comparison yeah that i'm making is they're just different leagues of animatronics yeah it's the H and L man. It's a whole nother level. The other thing that I, I do look at this ride that the, I feel like it's, it's part teacups, part trackless ride. It does spin quite a bit, so I don't know. And it sort of tilts from side to side a lot too. It's might, the future uh, of attractions. I mean, they've been doing this abroad for a little while. Yeah. I feel like I would get sick though. It spins a lot. <laughs> uh, doesn't look, it spins quite a bit. I don't know if it's as severe as it appears on there. I mean, you, a lot of these trackless rides do move a pretty good bit. I don't know if Rise does quite as much. It doesn't appear to be because it, it's just for the, that type of ride, it doesn't really need to, right? Yeah. Yeah, Rise doesn't tilt back and forth as that I can remember anyway. But, you know, Ratatouille, from what I've seen, it actually moves a mm-hmm. decent amount. Yeah, it tilts quite a bit, yeah. Yeah. It does. I see. I'm trying to think of another one. There, there's actually an attraction at SeaWorld nowhere near on this level. Don't get me wrong, but they do have a trackless one that seems to move about a pretty good bit. So yeah. that's kind of what they use those for is to get a lot of motion or try to get you all different kind of angles in these huge showrooms is what the way Disney's using them. Like, I mean, yeah. Runaway Railway, doesn't that kind of fit that model to a degree? I mean, it mm-hmm. does move around yeah. in the room a pretty good bit. Yeah, there's a lot of big rooms that you sort of move around in different ways and Mm -hmm. i the good the repeatability of these kind of rides is that depending on which vehicle you get in you could go in a different direction one time or see something slightly different from a different angle you know what do you think the odds are that they eventually bring this beauty and the beast ride to the parks and Mm -hmm. to one of the parks in the states or can they what's the how many years yeah (laughs) yeah i know the next 20 years maybe yeah. Right now, I don't think it's anywhere near possible, but... Where would it go? That's probably what they're putting in Italy. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, that's what it yeah, is. Yeah, that totally like it was enough space. You're just going to get one scene, one show scene. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you could put it in Magic Kingdom because you already have Be Our Guest Restaurant. So it's like the same ballroom, two different places. Like, that wouldn't make sense. Well, they could dual purpose it. So some people could be sitting there eating and (laughs) And other people come through in a trackless teacup. (laughs) The ride 
the ride just busts through <laughs> while or, people are eating. No, they could just reinvent it. Like you're gonna dine in the spinning teacup. You're gonna eat while you're uh, while you're doing the attraction. <laughs> sure. No, I, I like it better while you're sitting there and people bust through the teacup like the Kool Aid Man. <laughs> oh yeah! Every every like five minutes, you get a new ride set of uh, folks come in. Yeah, it's kind of uh, like so. taking the whole revolving restaurant at the land, the Garden Grill, and just taking it to the next level. <laughs> to the extreme. The, <laughs> the interaction. I could see this one coming to, say, like Disneyland Paris, maybe, if they had the space for it. I don't yeah. know how much room this takes up. but Yeah. I don't know. Apparently, the parks in Asia get all the good stuff. It's right. like the best way I know to say it. I can tell you Disneyland would not have room for this. There's no way. Yeah. You couldn't squeeze anything else in, in there. No, you'd have to repurpose something. I mean, right. it's just the way way it is. But. I don't think they have anything big enough, though, to put this in. I feel like it's pretty big compared to... No, oh, you mean kind of like show building? Yeah, I think the space mm. would be too I'd have to think. Disney World's just going to put it where the Mermaid Show was, you yeah. know? I was going to say, if you want to talk show building, Pirates okay. is big enough, but that ain't happening, right? <laughs> yeah. They did have the Beauty and the Beast show at Hollywood Studios, so they could make a case for putting it at Hollywood yeah, Studios. Yeah, it's not big enough. No, but I'm just saying they could put, like, I, I think Jason said, put it in the Mermaid show building or put it in the Disney Junior. <laughs> Damn, it's probably not big enough either. Actually, you say they have the show over there. Now that I think about it, the extremely long walk to Fantasmic, you could probably fit like three shell buildings in between there and we're actually getting to Fantasmic. <laughs> so you, well, you can actually, on the walk to Fantasmic, you could do an attraction. <laughs> while you're, <laughs> while while you're trying away. to get to Fantasmic, do the Beauty <laughs> yeah. and the Beast show. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> no, I think Hollywood Studios, you could make a case to put it there, but uh, somewhere, I mean, they could, they could find a spot for it there, but. Or here's a better idea. Just put it where Fantasmic is. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good too. Yeah, just build a building around it. Sure. Bam. Right on top of it. Oh, anyway. If you if you haven't seen this ride, it's incredible. It's out there now. Look it up. I'm very jealous. I want to go to Tokyo right now. But yeah, I can't. but it's not happening. Yeah. Well, I think that wraps up the news for this particular week. And I we should it's... move on to our movie review. Our movie review. Which we talked about in the last two weeks, actually. We had picked a movie at random from Disney+. Plus. Well, we made a list, but we made picked that particular movie at random. And the movie we ended up this week was The Emperor's New Groove. We, of course, we already talked about that. Emperor's New Groove. Oh, was that it? Oh, I watched uh, Saving Mr. Banks. Oh, well. Oh, well, you watched the wrong one. <laughs> so what's the backstory on this, Jason? Jason has, like gone from not watching it to watching it and knowing all the backstory. Right. In a very so, short amount of time. <laughs> in a very short amount of time. And that's the thanks to the internet. Yeah. So originally, this was not going to be The Emperor's New Groove. This was going to be a movie called The Kingdom of the Sun. Mm -hmm. It was conceived by Roger Allers. I'm not as familiar with his background, but he's worked on quite a few things including The Lion King, something called Open Season. Anyways, oh, okay. he had some yeah. success, and so he was given a lot of license to go create another movie. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. This was way back in like 95, I think is 94. I think the project started in 94. Yeah. He started off telling Michael Eisner he wanted to do that. And basically it was going to be a take on like the Prince and the Pauper tale. You were still going to have David Spade as a greedy emperor who wanted to just get away from all of his responsibilities. And there's a peasant who was going to be voiced by Owen Wilson, who looks a lot like him. And they were going to swap places. Yzma was going to do some magic or something and turn the real emperor into a llama and then tell the peasant who's pretending to be the emperor that unless he obeys her, she's going to reveal him. And stuff ensues and it's super serious. And it was going to be a lot of songs and it was going to be all sorts of stuff. Turns out Eisner didn't like it. There was bad performances of Pocahontas and the Hunchback of Notre Dame that were somewhat serious, and they thought this stu- this was too serious. So eventually they just sort of scrapped the project. Not scrapped it, but scrapped the idea. And Allers left. It was changed to Kingdom in the Sun, and they okay. were going to work on it for a little while. And then it, it eventually switched over to Emperor's New Groove, where it just turned into a comedy slapstick movie with basically none of the original except David Spade. Interesting. Well, I think it ended up pretty good. I, I still think it's a funny movie. Yeah, it was a fun yeah, movie. But, but yeah. what about, we we didn't get Owen Wilson. Yeah. Well, well, not for a few more years. Yes. Right. <laughs> like, so, like, I said this to Jason before the show, but what if this movie, he Owen Wilson did this movie, and then we had a different Lightning McQueen a few years later because, you know, yeah. they moved on from whatever, you know. So they have yeah. Owen Wilson and Emperor's New Groove, and you have John Goodman in Cars. Yeah, so. right. You could have had John Goodman be uh, Lightning McQueen. I don't think. <laughs> Ka-chow. I don't know if that would work. <laughs> I'm not even going to try to do a John Goodman impression. Right. Well, Kronk wasn't even going to be that much of a main character, and then he moved up, and they brought Warburton in to do Kronk. Yeah. And he stole the show, kind of. Yeah, he was the way. best character, or my favorite character of the of the. Yeah, Kronk was my favorite. I, you know what? I do like Yzma. Eartha Kitt is really funny, yeah. and her voice is great, of course. And David Spade, Catwoman. I thought was really funny. Well, David yeah. Spade, I mean, I just his sarcastic humor, of course, always appeals right. to me. But yeah, it really worked in this movie, though, even because you know you expect him to sort of change a lot quicker based on the events that are happening in the movie, but he, sta- he sticks with that for a very long time, yeah. being the sarcastic. I was like, oh, know. for me? Why, I don't right. know what to say. Hit the road, Bucky. Oh. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, in your rewatch, yeah. did anything stand out to you as just odd? Well, odd? I don't know about like, in a rewatch. Like wouldn't happen today? Uh, wouldn't be in a movie today? Well, I think a- in the beginning where... I, I guess they were picking wives for him or something, or he had to choose, like, whatever. I think that scene, that was a very Some of the comments scene, he made? Yeah. What about right. the amount of disgust they had with each other, him and Pacha, uh, whenever they would, like, hug or he was going to give him mouth-to-mouth? Oh, yeah, yeah, about, like, yeah. Like, the whole idea that two guys... Right, would touching never, was right, right, yeah. yeah. Now, 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 people would be much more accepting, and they would never make that seem like. It, which you know, I think that's a progress. One thing that I thought was an interesting joke that at first I was like, "What are they doing there?" Was whenever Kronk was sleeping in the tent 
but he just had the little tent. Mm-hmm. But it was just over like his crotch area. <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> you know, I didn't even think. You about think that. that was a? That's funny. I didn't. Yeah. I'm like, wait, was... why is he? Why does he have a tent over his crotch? <laughs> you know what? That's probably the animators just trying to be funny. Actually, they always try to hide little things in there. Kronk is pitching a tent. Oh lord! <laughs> All right. Kronk is the best thing about the movie, though overall. Yeah. Yeah, there's some really good scenes in here that, like the restaurant scene, uh, going back and forth and, you know, them not noticing each other, I thought was really funny. Yeah, that was a good scene. I think, you know, there is, of course, character development. Kuzco, but it's obvious what he's going to turn into. Right. He's He's learned his lesson. Yeah, you see where it's going. Makes no sense why he was so nice to him. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Well, he's because he's a nice guy. (laughs) Right. But, I mean, it, it's a little above and beyond nice guy. Yeah, I mean, at first he was a nice guy. Well, it's he, believable. But then it keeps going, and it's like he keeps helping him. <laughs> it's like, really? Well, really he did punch helping? him. So Yeah, that's true. I mean, if, right. There's little things, but eventually it's like, okay, how much can you take, dude? But it is funny. It is funny. It, I, I remembered where I saw this the first time, by the way, while I was watching it. Mm-hmm. And why I don't remember a whole lot of it. My first time flying on an airplane was in 2001, uh, and I flew to South Africa for a a mission trip. Mm. And on that flight, I watched a lot of movies, one of which was The Emperor's New Groove, and I I think I fell asleep in the middle. (laughs) Yeah. On the, like, like, the longest flight in the world for a very long time was the first flight I ever took, which was the flight from Atlanta to Johannesburg, South Africa, which is, like, a crazy long flight. Yeah, I can imagine. So I watched a lot of movies. (laughs) I will admit on my rewatch, I did fall asleep the first time I tried to watch (laughs) it. I watched it about 20 minutes in and I woke up like, oh, shoot, I fell asleep. So I rewatched it again today as we're recording this and finished it. So, Uh, but it's really good. Why does that old man want to live in the palace that messed up his groove he brought him back in later why why did, why is that old man just hanging out in the palace <laughs> that's a good question i don't know i have no answer to that <laughs> i'm trying to think back i was like what was the reason he got kicked out of- <laughs> oh because he ruined his groove in the opening song yeah yeah but so right. why was he there right that's why did he saying. come back well he brought well, he him invited- back into the, the movie i think he invited him back to apologize oh, at the end of the movie that's okay. the way this meant to be i see because, you know, he's a changed guy at this point. Cusco is. Right. The thing that stood out to me when I first watched this many moons ago, I made the comment, I think, after it was over, is like all Disney animated films have multiple songs in them, and this had one at the beginning and one in the credits. Right, yeah, there's <laughs> no musical that was it. to this. Yeah. That was the Which, first one that I can recall that happening in. Yeah. Well, they cut a lot of the songs from the original right. movie. There are three, I think it's two or three songs in the credits that were supposed to be in the original movie. They and they moved them, them to the credits. Put them in the credits, yeah. And they never gained any traction, apparently, even from then. Even the ones in the credits used to be like, you know, the people, Bryson and right. who was it, Celine Dion, right? Doing Beauty yeah. and the Beast back in the day. Those at least gained some radio play i don't think any of those songs i ever heard before in my life yeah well usually it's a repeat of a song from in the movie by another artist at the end credits you know but they yeah yeah it made a lot of the mistakes of the most recent mulan that got rid of all the songs yeah right and as a remake 
or right. a, a live action remake, which I don't like most of those. About the only one that I've liked is Beauty and the Beast, and I kind of liked Aladdin. Before I forget, something I noticed about the cast when I was listening, I, the voice stood out to me of Pacha's wife. What was her name? Chicha oh, yeah. or something like that? I always think of her as Nina from... Uh, Just Shoot always, Me. Yeah, from Just Shoot Me. Yeah. That's what I always think which of her as. <laughs> David Spade was also on, which that, that's yeah. kind of what made me think of that. I was like, oh, yeah. From, the connection. They were on there together uh, on that show. So Yeah. And, of course, we mentioned at the beginning of the show, Crunk. Patrick Warburton also is the host, I guess you'd say, of Soren. What would you call him? The safety guy. <laughs> you notice how Disney? I think I think sometimes when they sign people to a movie deal, I they, think they also sign them to a park deal of some kind. Because look yeah, at the timing. The, right, Soren over California came out in one. Yeah, literally <laughs> not long after this movie. Yeah, came out, yeah. I feel like they do that with some of these people. Yeah, I think they they keep people in the in your memory of like, oh, I watched this movie and oh, there's that that guy again or whatever. You know? It's like part of the contract. It's like you know, I'm like right. we're going to sign you to this movie, but you also got to do this in the parks. <laughs> I mean, you right. got to do this thing in the parks because exactly. the ti- the timing is like really close together. Usually between the the movie it they is, do and yeah. what they Did end you- up doing park wise. Did you guys catch the part where they dubbed over part of the movie once they put it on Disney Plus with more Josh Gad? No. You didn't catch that part. Right. Sure. <laughs> no. This one is Josh Gad. I think Gad it was one of those guards that was chasing them at the uh, at the end. Right. Towards the end. Uh, yeah, that was Josh Gad. You know, now, right, that, sure. now that I think about it, though, how come Patrick Warburton with the connection to, to Disney, why was he never asked to do another film that I can think of? Is he in another film? Yeah, I was just about to Kronk's ask that. Kronk's New Groove. Right, well, besides yeah, that. that. Yeah, besides that, that was what, 2003? Was that five? 2005. Five, okay. So that was a few years later. I mean, because John Goodman has done more. Mm-hmm. He is in Planes, Fire, and Rescue. Right. Oh, pa- Patrick oh, Warburton is? That's right, okay. Well, yeah. that's why they stopped then. That's why <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> that movie sucked. I'm, I'm looking, I'm, I'm on his Wikipedia to yeah. remind myself of what he was in. Yeah, I was like, that's why I didn't know that. (laughs) Right, right. Something else I wanted to mention was if you're a fan of the YouTube show Binging with Babish, he takes stuff from movies and TV and whatever that are food-related, and he cooks the dishes that are in there, and he has an episode on Kronk's spinach puffs. Spinach puffs. (laughs) Right. So if you want to check that out, it's funny. They have some really good, like the way they do the humor in that this yeah. movie though as far as i the type of humor that i like is probably one of the reasons why i like this movie yeah the type of jokes they make in that one thing i really laughed out loud at was crunk talking to the squirrel <laughs> oh squeaky, yeah squeak squeaker squeak those types <laughs> yeah but i think of jokes really like funny. uh like isma does in the beginning when she's like it's no concern of mine if you don't have what is it again uh food <laughs> <laughs> you know st- yeah. jokes like that <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, there's, she's got a lot of good jokes too, good one-liners yeah. that are funny, yeah. And of course, David Spade, very funny. Where the, so, I always thought it was pretty funny, the scene, the first scene when Kronk uh, has the angel and the devil on his shoulder, and he's like, it's like, don't listen to yeah, him, yeah. he's trying to take you down the path of righteousness, I'm going to take you down the path that rocks. Right, you know? <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> yes. So, uh, another question about this movie because it came out in 2000 technically even though it was like december 2000 
a lot of people consider the Disney Renaissance era to be from Little Mermaid to Tarzan, which was 99. That's because that was the last good one. In right. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying is like, okay, so you have a few. Would you consider this one to be part of that or post well, Disney Renaissance in your mind? When I went back and looked at where it fell in the timeline, I would yeah. say it's post. It's a good yeah. one for post because if you look at these stuff surrounding Emperor's New Groove, yeah. it's Pretty not bad, good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think what so, dinosaur. Yeah, dinosaur was yeah. after Tarzan, and then there was another one. What was the dinosaur one? came out the same year as Edward New Groove. Well, there was one before it though. There was I could have sworn in the timeline. Fantasia two thousand. Was that before Tarzan? Would have been the big one. Oh yeah, Fantasia two thousand. Yeah, I know there was another one in between. Yeah, uh, Tarzan one, yeah. and Emperor's not, New Groove. Not so great. Yeah. So, yeah. And another thing, Emperor's New Groove was disappointing in the box office, but it was a big hit on the DVD, which is when I first saw it, too. I don't know. It gained traction after the box office for whatever reason. Yeah. It still made money, though, compared to some of the others in the era, didn't it? But if I read it right, didn't it, wasn't it like the number one selling DVD the next year? I mean, maybe. Yeah. I mean. All right. So let's read the Walt Disney Animation Studios. We're going to ignore Pixar. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're, we're Starting not. in 94. We'll go back to 94. Well, mm-hmm. let's go back before 94. Let's we'll go, go to back 89. To, go to 89. Let's go back to Mermaid. 89. Yeah. Mermaid. Okay. Mm-hmm. We have Mermaid. Then we have Rescuers Down Under, Beauty right. and the Beast, Aladdin, right in the heyday, right there, right? Yeah. Lion King in 94. The Peak. Pocahontas yep, in 95. Was, which was still good. Not great, but good. 96, we get Hunchback of Notre Dame. Which has a good song in it. <laughs> Hercules in 97. Hercules is, you know, another good song, but it was good. Mulan I like, I like Hercules. I think Mulan goes right back up. You know, the right. uh, Mulan. Tarzan movie. in 99. A lot of people love Tarzan. It wasn't my favorite, but, you know. 2000, exactly. right at the beginning of 2000, January 1, you get Fantasia 2000. Yeah. May, you get Dinosaur, and December, you get Emperor's New Groove. Right. So you can see 2000 was... Yeah, it kind of started going down. I'm going to say, do you care to grace us with the gems that followed? That's what I was going to go next. Is there anything (laughs) afterwards that you would say would redeem it and say this isn't the turning point? Okay, so 2001, Atlantis, The Lost Empire. No. I'm going to say not for like seven years. (laughs) 2002, <laughs> Lilo and Stitch. Yeah, which um, may consider to be the one the bright spot, bright spot of the <laughs> post Renaissance. Yeah, as Later far as 2002, film. Treasure Planet. No, Oof, I don't even remember that one. Yeah, isn't that like Twenty Thousand Leagues or something similar? Is what it's supposed to be, or was that Atlantis? I don't remember. It's one of the two. Yeah, now I can't remember. I can't. Yeah, distinguish between the two. To be honest. Yeah. Continue. Yeah. All right. 2003, Brother Bear. Oof. Yikes. 2004, even... Home on the Range. Oof. I don't even remember what that one has. 2005, <laughs> Chicken Little. Yeah. Now, I remember Chicken Little. Yeah, that one had a little more traction. Still not, no, nothing yeah. you could call it. Nothing good. from Walt Disney Animation Studios in 2006, 2007. We get Meet the Robinsons. Yeah. No. Which is a good film. It's just not very appreciated. Yeah. It's a good one. 2008, but... Bolt. That's when I would say it starts picking up. Yeah, but in I 2009, Princess and the Frog, which yeah. is where it, it picks yeah. back up. I would consider Princess and the Frog the start of a second renaissance, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it starts with Bolt, personally. Have y'all watched Bolt? I have watched Bolt. Bolt's good. 
No, I think it's Princess and the Frog is great. Yeah, Princess and the Frog is much better, I think. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't say they're on the same level, but I think it starts with Bolt. Mm, yeah, I guess it, it starts going back up, but I would probably say oh. I would consider Princess and the Frog the start of the second. Because the ones up until Bolt is like, I, I've never even had the desire to watch them at all. Yeah, I know. You see what I mean? And Meet the Robinsons, I saw the the villain in the parade and I had to look it up to see who it was. I didn't know who it was. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, uh, back to Emperor's New Groove. What do, what's our are we going to give it a rating scale? Do we have a scale? I don't even know what the scale would be. I, I think it's a great film. I think it is. It was I, I enjoyed rewatching it. Yeah. If we're going to give it an like an out of 10, I would go with maybe 7. Yeah, I was thinking seven point five, seven and a half. I'm gonna go. We're gonna do decimals, right? Because yeah, <laughs> so I'll I mean, give it a seven and a half. I'm feeling generous that it would be up there. I would have, I would have even stretched to an eight, but that's probably because I just listed some terrible movies. Yeah, um. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was gonna say, as far as early two thousands, it's like hands down the best film <laughs> that they did. Yeah, in the aughts, in the 2000 right. aughts it's it's like it wins right yeah it's like probably, well, i mean princess and the frog wins because it's technically 2009 right? yeah that's what i'm saying in that decade princess and the frog gets the the lead right. well if but, we're talking what we consider the second dark age though where we consider from dinosaur to bolt or what is what's the one right before bolt since john meet the robinsons was right before bolt meet the robinsons so from from Dinosaur to Meet the Robinsons. I would say it's probably my favorite of those, which isn't saying much. Oh, yeah. Much. I didn't even um, watch the ones after. Yeah. Of course, there's some I haven't seen, right? Out of those I haven't seen, but. I mean, because there was no reason to watch them. Yeah. I mean, even in the live action during that time period, if it wasn't for pirates having the success that it was, that would have been terrible as well. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been bad. All right, so. so there you have it. I think we should wrap up there, but I did select one for next time we do a review. We randomly selected out of our list The Rocketeer. Oh, I thought you were going to say Home on the Range. Rocket who? <laughs> yeah, exactly, The Rocketeer. I remember watching this one quite a bit as a kid, but I haven't seen it in its entirety in quite a while. So This is one of those I feel like I'm going to have to take it for what it is on a rewatch. I really think... Well, I, I'm, I'm thinking the special effects may not hold up that I can recall. So I don't think so. I've ever watched this. I definitely remember Jennifer Connelly. Yeah. So and um, <laughs> well, haha, this was one of her first <laughs> movies, I think. So she was pretty young. Now her first movie was Labyrinth. Well, I said one of. No, oh. when she was a teenager. Timothy Dalton is really good in this movie. Ah, yes. And uh, Bill Campbell. That's got to be one of his first post-James Bond films, probably, right? Yeah, I think it was. Alan Arkin, too. Josh Gad, Patrick Warburton. Yeah, Josh Gad, yeah. A very young Josh Gad is in there. <laughs> very <Yeah>. young? <laughs> so, yeah. Like he's probably a, a boy <laughs> in the... <laughs> well, I haven't. I don't think I've ever watched this film, and my plan is for our next review... I'm going to not watch it and and pretend like I did and see if you can figure it out. <laughs> see if we can tell if you have or not. <laughs> if you've ever watched the Fountain shows or been around at any point in time at Epcot, you've heard some of the music from it. <laughs> You'll recognize that if you've ever listened to those those uh, oh, yeah, shows. Yeah. yeah, that's true. All right, so I will wrap up by saying you can visit our website. We have one of those. 
it is called travelingwithmouse.com. You can see links to all of our different uh, outlets there, which John will tell you about in a second. We have an email address as well, which is podcast at travelingwithmouse.com. You mean outlets like Facebook, Twitter, and mm-hmm. Instagram? Mm-hmm. Yep. That is all at TWTM Podcast. As I mentioned earlier, we also have the YouTube channel. You'll find that link there as well, which we are adding videos periodically. Mostly right now they're classic videos. I plan on peppering in some newer stuff here sooner rather than later. But you can go there as well. We also have Spreadshirt Store that you can get your exclusive TWTM merchandise. Adam and Jason just showed me some pictures of the polos that they received. They looked really nice now, so you can add polos to your collection if you want to get that. That is shop.spreadshirt.com slash TWTM podcast. So for John, Jason, myself... This has been Traveling with the Mouse, and we will see you on our next trip. So, every ride Dollywood, John. Are you going to do it? Every ride. Every ride Dollywood. I think. I need you to get a plan together. One day. Yeah.